everyone, and welcome to episode 55 of the F1 Show for coverage of the 2009 German Grand Prix. I'm Robin Warner, and I am hosting on my own today. Jim is on the other side of the country. He's at a wedding, and he is just unable to make it this podcast, so uh, we're going to go at it without him, but he will be back for the Hungarian Grand Prix in two weeks' time. So for now, we're just going to get to it and start with what's been going on off the track, and uh, starting with the FIA and the FOTA, who are once again fighting. Uh, The FOTA recently walked out of a press conference uh, with the FIA because uh, the FIA is saying that they're not full members of the 2010 F1 World Championship now, they're, that they're just on as observers at the moment, and, and that, that that at this time, the members of the FOTA don't have any say in what the 2010 rules are going to be. So uh, we are once again uh, just getting into these silly politics, and Max Mosley and the FIA seem to be playing this uh, bizarre hardball again. Um, I am confident that in the long run they will be able to sort this out, but it is irritating and tiring to no end to see these two squabbling once again. So uh, I only hope that it can be resolved and resolved soon and put to bed. But uh, I, I again, I do think this isn't going to result in a uh, in a split series again I don't think I just think it's going to be one of those things where tensions rise and then they have another emergency meeting and then they're going to settle it again uh, hopefully the FIA isn't pulling the FOT, FOTA strings uh, too much because uh, you know I think many of the fans including uh, myself are more or less on the FOTA side and even if there's one series if the FIA you know uh, really you know, tries to have a heavy hand, it, it could alienate some of the fans even if they don't split. So let's uh, hope that everyone can, you know, cool, get to cooler heads and uh, move on. In other news, that also happened on the uh, between the two GPs, uh, Bernie Ecclestone made some comments uh, regarding Adolf Hitler that uh, were at least unfortunate and uh, at most uh, worth dismissal. Uh, uh, Bernie said that Hitler was the type of guy that could get things done. Now, he later recanted much of his comments saying that they were grossly misunderstood, that he wasn't trying to compliment uh, the dictator, but uh, nonetheless, uh, you don't you don't compliment Adolf Hitler and... Uh, get away with it. So that's yet another uh, political uh, upheaval that the sport doesn't need, the fans don't need, and personally, uh, the F1 show is getting sick and tired of hearing. So hopefully that will eventually, uh, you know, fade off, uh, you know, into history, and hopefully so will Bernie sooner or later and the sport can move forward. Uh More depressing news, this one at least about racing, Um, rumors, and I think this is pretty much a certainty, it sounds like uh, Sebastian Bourdais is going to run uh, no more GPs after the German Grand Prix. 
He is done as a Toro Rosso driver. Uh, I guess just uh, Toro Rosso just hasn't been happy with his performance. He has been struggling uh, to get used to the car. It is sad for both Jim and I to see him go. Uh, you know, he he did really well in Champ Car. He was an F3000 champion. He, he's 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 a good driver. He just, for one reason or other, couldn't gel with uh, the Toro Rosso team. And it's interesting. The Toro Rosso team does seem to find a way to... Uh, go through its drivers rel- relatively quickly. But the very interesting thing about this, there's a Spanish teenager that's the uh, lead uh, Toro Rosso test driver that's been uh, talked about as the likely uh, replacement for Bourdais at the Hungarian GP. But uh, a Sebastian Loeb is also interested in potentially replacing uh, Sebastian Bourdais, his countryman, in the car. Sebastian Loeb, the five-time rally champion for Citroën, has openly stated that he wants to become a Formula One driver. Now, personally, I'm a huge Sebastian Loeb fan. I think he's an incredible rally driver, and I would absolutely love, absolutely love, to see him get in an F1 car and compete. The fact that he wants to do it and the fact that he's saying he wants to do it is a minor miracle on its own, and uh, I, I actually genuinely hope that works out. It probably won't happen for the Hungarian GP, but it's possible. It might happen. So we're definitely going to keep a close eye on that one uh, and uh, keep you guys up to date. So that is enough of that kind of nonsense. And we're going to move on to the German Grand Prix. And uh, it, it, it quite quite a weekend. Uh, the weather especially on Friday, remarkably cool. The uh, temperature in is in the 50s. It was cloudy. And uh, interesting, you know, one of the big factors the Braun GP claimed that made them slower for the British race was the lower lower than expected temperatures. Well, the German Grand Prix was very, very cool temperatures. So uh, coming on Friday, that set them up for you know, uh, potential disaster. However, you know, the Friday morning practices didn't show that much trouble. Mark Weber uh, led those, led the timesheets there. He was the quickest Friday morning, and he was followed by Jensen Button in the Braun Mercedes in second, and Felipe Massa was the third fastest car uh, in his Ferrari. And then going to the afternoon practice, it was actually Lewis Hamilton that was the very uh, fastest car. Now, McLaren... For the German Grand Prix brought uh, a new diffuser, a new floor pan, and a new front wing for the car. Now, interestingly enough, only Hamilton uh, it ran the new parts this weekend, and it seemed to show. I mean, in Friday afternoon practice, Lewis Hamilton was fastest, and Kovalainen was down in 17th. So, uh, if that's any indication uh, how uh, how that worked, uh, you know. There you have it. And, and now even more interesting is Friday practice, Lewis Hamilton was fastest again. So uh, it, it was a huge turnaround for the McLaren team in terms of pace. But uh, when it came to qualifying, uh, some of the absolute pace was kind of thrown out the window. The qualifying, qualifying this uh, for the German Grand Prix was probably the most exciting qualifying I've ever seen so far this season. 
Uh, it was raining off and on at the most bizarre times, and uh, it, it led for very interesting strategy uh, at the drop of the green for Q1. All the teams, top teams, mid-pack, bottom, and doesn't matter. Everyone jumped onto the grid as quickly as possible because it was threatening to rain, so they wanted to get a lap in as early as they can. And, um, uh, you know, some people timed it really well, some people not so well. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, though, it was not either the bronze or uh, the young Sebastian Vettel. It was actually Mark Weber who claimed pole position for that qualifying race. He did a great lap. He did a great job, and he absolutely earned it. Um, some other notable places uh, for qualifying, uh, Adrian Sutil qualified seventh uh, in the Force India car. He'd been fast all weekend, including in, up to and including qualifying. Uh, both Ferraris were in the top ten again, Felipe Massa eighth, Kimi Raikkonen ninth, and... Um, Nelson Piquet actually managed to out-qualify uh, Fernando. He, he qualified 10th, uh, and uh, Fernando was 12th. Now, let's see. In, uh, just behind Mark Webber, it was once again Rubens Barrichello out-qualifying Jensen Button. Rubens was in second, Jensen in third, and Sebastian Vettel had to settle for fourth. But uh, once again, Lewis Hamilton qualified fifth, for McLaren, and uh, Heike was actually right behind him, but he was quite a bit slower. Um, Heike Kovalainen uh, did a 33.8 qualifying time versus Hamilton's uh, 32.6. So that was the top 10 for qualifying, which brought us to the race. With clouds looming above the Eiffel Mountain backdrop, Mark Webber and Rubens Barrichello both managed great starts and drag raced into turn one. And even after contact from Webber, it was Rubens and his Braun Mercedes who emerged in front, leading the German Grand Prix. All the Curse Powers cars also made great starts, especially Lewis Hamilton. He went for the lead on the outside entering turn one but clipped Weber's front wing with his right rear tire, causing a puncture. Lewis subsequently missed the brake zone and limped his car to the pits for a new tire. He would finish a lap down in 18th. For the entire first fuel stint, Mark Weber kept his Red Bull Renault within one second of Rubens, but couldn't get around. However, the pair were leaving Kovalainen and the rest of the field in the dust, leaving a healthy gap before both drivers headed to the pits on lap 15. Rubens Barrichello for service, Weber to serve a drive-through penalty for his lap one incident with Rubens. Weber re-entered in front, Barrichello re-entered in third, behind Felipe Massa's Ferrari, who was much slower. On lap 19, Weber pitted for his fuel service, doing a good job to minimize the time lost during the drive-through penalty. Weber re-entered the track seventh. On lap 21, Sebastian Bourdais pulled off into the garage, nose first, day and perhaps F1 career, done. On lap 27, another heartache. Adrian Sutil, having a brilliant race, pitted for the first time from second place and re-entered 10th alongside Kimi Räikkönen. But in turn one, they had contact, shattering Sutil's front wing into 100 pieces. Sutil was forced to pit again and went on to finish 15th. Up front, Rubens relinquished the lead on lap 32 for his second of three pit stops. 
he re-entered in fifth. Weber didn't take his second and final pit stop until lap 44. And once all the lead cars pitted, the Australian retook the lead, well in front of his young teammate Sebastian Vettel, who was in second. And with no challengers, Mark Weber won the German Grand Prix. This is his first win in 130 starts, and he does so in brilliant fashion. 9.2 seconds later, Vettel greeted the checkered flag in second for yet another Red Bull 1-2. And Felipe Massa collected his first podium of the season, finishing third in his Ferrari. Nico Rosberg drove an impressive race to finish fourth in his Williams Toyota. He was followed by the two Braun Mercedes cars, with Jensen Button in fifth and Rubens Barrichello in sixth. A disappointing result after such a great start for the Brazilian. Renault driver Fernando Alonso finished seventh and managed to collect the fastest lap of the race in the process. That left one point for Heki Kovalainen, finishing eighth in the McLaren. Well, uh, what can you say? Well done, Mark Webber. He has been in the sport for quite a long time. He raced for Bernardi. He raced for Jaguar. He raced for Williams. He uh, ended up back at Red Bull. And finally, after all this time, has managed to collect a win. It's well-deserved. He's a fast driver. Uh, The F1 show has been fans of Webber's pretty much from the beginning, seeing his talent. And uh, it's really great to see him get a break like this. Um, Can't say enough for him. Uh, Vettel, uh, again, he also had a good race. He uh, finished second despite being behind some slower cars. Uh, interesting race in the sense that it threatened to rain most, you know, pretty much the entire time of the second half of the race, but it never, never did. And it kept all the teams on their toes, which uh, uh, was nice to watch. The, also, the other interesting thing, it was remarkably difficult for anyone to pass. Uh, at the German Grand Prix, which was quite disappointing to see. Uh, I think we're going to hope for a revised set of rules that will uh, once again, you know, attempt to make the passing a little bit easier in these cars because it was definitely unfortunate to see cars clearly faster than the ones in front being unable to do anything about it. The other thing that was interesting is uh, the Kurs cars definitely seem to have an advantage today. So that was the Ferraris and the McLarens because in the critical areas where you needed a good run off the back straight, they could just hit the Kurs button and uh, get that extra uh, bit of power. And uh, the non-Kurs cars, even if they were faster, would not be able to draft behind. So, that left um, <clears throat> that left it very difficult for guys like Jensen Button, for guys like Sebastian Vettel. Uh, however, it, it did not bother Mark Weber, who you know once again did a really good job and did so despite the fact that he had a drive-through penalty early in the race. Now this happened because of a incident right at the very beginning of the race. Rubens had a rocket start uh, and was right next to Mark Webber entering turn one. And before they got to the braking zone, Webber did this really seemingly direct jab right into the side of Rubens' car. And uh, and uh, it was it was very blatant. Uh, it was absolutely nothing Rubens can do. It was definitely not Rubens' fault. And it was, uh, a, it was a well-deserved penalty. Mark, uh, in the post-race interviews, went on to say that it, he wasn't trying to hit him, that he, you know, 
and he didn't seem to argue with the uh, drive-through penalty at all. Um, and his team, the Red Bull team, timed the penalty well, and uh, he didn't lose that much track position as a result. And actually. Uh, uh, didn't hurt him too much and, uh, you know, couldn't be happier for the guy. Um, moving on down the, uh, results board though, I want to, uh, congratulate Nico Rosberg, who once again did a fantastic job. Um, he started 14th. Uh, he was a little bit unlucky. Uh, I'm sorry, he started 15th. Uh, he, he was, um, a little bit unlucky with uh, the qualifying and the rain and, you know, getting the right track position at the right tire at the right time uh, and made the most of it, had a lot of fuel on board and just kept pushing and finished uh, in fourth place just off the podium. And he was saying that the Williams car, he believes, is now the third fastest car on the grid. And that's, I don't know. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be a, Tough, to, tough comment to back up, especially with uh, the McLarens coming on again. The Ferrari seemed to be improving a little bit. Uh, you know, it's you know, I'm not exactly sure that's true, but Nico drove very, very well and uh, had had a very good result to as a you know had a very good result to show for it. And uh, you know, I think there's rumors of him, you know, maybe moving to McLaren next year. Personally, I think it might be a good move. He deserves to be in a top team, and I think I think he could definitely be a race winner, and I think he could be a world champion. He's, I, I think, a lot of guy, and I think he's one of the best drivers out there. I also uh, I want to give a very heartfelt attaboy, and I'm sorry to Adrian Sutil. Adrian Sutil was fast all weekend. Uh, I mean, he was fast. In, on Friday, he was very fast. On Saturday, he qualified in the top ten. I mean, he was Adrian Sutil was sixth fastest in Friday afternoon practice. Uh, you know, he qualified seventh. He was um, he was quick. Uh, you know, during the race, he was up to second place. Uh, during the race, I think he had a points pain. He had a points finish. Uh, well within his reach today, and uh, he just, you know, got in a tumble with Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, now, he, you know, Sutil was the one exiting the pits, and Kimi was trying to get around him, and the rules state that the person exiting the pit lane has the right of way, and actually, Kimi Raikkonen was uh, going to be uh, looked at by the safety stewards, but then the Ferrari ended up you know, Kimi Raikkonen's Ferrari ended up retiring uh, several laps later anyway. So I don't think anything's going to come from that. But, you know, this is not the first time that Adrian Sutil has been boned by uh, Raikkonen. Uh, it was Monaco last year where Sutil was in fourth place. It was a wet race. This is the 08 Monaco race. And uh, Raikkonen lost control of his Ferrari and just pummeled the back of Sutil and knocked him out of the race. So... If I'd be, if I were Adrian Sutil, I would not be uh, uh, very happy with Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, you know, of course, Raikkonen didn't do it on purpose, but either way, more than anything, I feel bad for Adrian Sutil, uh, and he deserves 
<clears throat> he deserved uh, points this uh, race, and he just didn't get them, which is unfortunate. Be interesting to see. He seems to be these last couple races, especially putting in some pretty impressive drives for that Force India car. Be interesting to see if he can manage to secure a better ride for next year as well. Um, I also want to once again uh, uh, mention Sebastian Bourdais. He <laughs> finished dead last in the race. He uh, had problems. It, he didn't. He didn't do well this race. He qualified uh, almost last or dead last uh, for the race. Uh, let's see. Yeah, qualified dead last for the race, and uh, STR said, "Sorry, uh, this isn't completely confirmed, but I, I'm I'm pretty confident. Uh, I read it in uh, on Racer.com that uh, Bourdais is indeed out of this seat." And uh, that's really unfortunate. It'll be interesting to see where he moves to. Uh, maybe maybe endurance racing isn't a bad move for him. He uh, had a successful run in the Peugeot uh, Le Mans car for the 24 Hours of Le Mans. I think he ended up finishing second. And uh, maybe there's a good endurance racing career for him ahead of him. I, I, don't, have a, I don't think he's going to make his way back to F1, which, uh, you know, again, for... A, us uh, American fans is especially unfortunate since he had close, um, close American ties. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention for this race is uh, it was very interesting to see how the bronze performed considering tire temperature. Uh, you know, the German Grand Prix was every bit as cold, if not colder, than the British Grand Prix, and uh, it doesn't seem like the bronze cars quite have the pace of the Red Bulls, but it wasn't as bad as it was, uh, as it was, uh, two weeks ago. So maybe Braun has improved the car a little bit and I'm actually quite looking forward to the Hungarian ring because I think that will be a real interesting, uh, real interesting test to see which car really is faster because, you know, if Braun comes up with some good updates and the temperature is a little bit, uh, a little bit more towards their favor, it could be very, very close. Now, uh, Jensen Button still has a very healthy lead uh, over uh, now in second place, Sebastian Vettel. Rubens dropped to fourth in the Drivers' Championship. Um, but, you know, if the Braun car can't compete and win races again, he could be in serious trouble, especially since both Weber and Vettel um, are going to be pushing it. And, and uh, Weber is only one and a half points behind Vettel in the championship in third place. So uh, Weber is not going to back down and, you know, just support Vettel. Weber, Weber is out for himself. So uh, a very interesting to see how the bronze compete against the Red Bulls in Hungary. And, um, you know, is McLaren going to be back on form with its new work? Is Felipe Moss going to be able to keep the Ferrari up front? And, I mean, Fernando Alonso, like I said in the race report, Fernando Alonso had the fastest lap of the race today. So it, it could get very interesting the second half of the season. But uh, without uh, Mr. Lau to banter with and add some points uh, to the discussion right now, we're going to... Go ahead and uh, move on to listener feedback. As always, we got tons of great feedback from you guys. A bunch of stuff on the Facebook page. Uh, You guys got to check that out. Uh, That's the F1 Show Facebook page. Become a fan there. 
Um, we also got four comments on F1Show.com, which uh, I want to thank Matt Riley, Steve, Nick K, and uh, Paul Peard for the uh, compliments. Appreciate that as always. We also got a couple of emails. Uh, we got a real nice long one from uh, Don Holmes, um, uh, listing, among other things, many, many reasons why the FOTA would have a huge challenge ahead of them if they started a breakaway series. Um, fortunately, we won't have to see the FOTA struggle with those challenges, at least most likely not, although yeah, they they keep butting heads, but let's hope that that's all water on the bridge. Uh, also, we got another one from... Uh, Another listener who correctly guessed our trivia question uh, and uh, also gave some predictions uh, for the race. Uh, they weren't correct, the predictions. He had uh, Truly on pole, Truly to win, second Vettel. Well, that was right. Third button, not so much. And Glock in 13th place. Uh, finally, he also said that Button would get a top 10. Mm. Another thing interesting that he mentioned was uh, Johnny O'Connell uh, as a potential choice for the USF1 team that's going to be starting next year. Uh, for those who don't know, Johnny O'Connell raced uh, for the Pratt & Miller team. That's the uh, factory Corvette team in the GT1 class for the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And uh, a very good driver, Johnny O'Connell, but I, I, I don't think there's any any possibility of that. He's He's older. Johnny O'Connell actually does have open wheel background, but he raced open wheel back in the early early and mid nineties. Um, and another guy he mentioned, uh, Boris said, which is a it is a great 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 suggestion. Boris said is another uh, driver here in the states that races a lot of sports cars. He did Trans Am stuff. He's done some World Speed World Challenge. He actually does some part time uh, Sprint Cup racing now. Uh, he's a great 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 driver. Uh, He's one of the uh, not the prettiest man in the world, but again, he's he's much too old. I he 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 would never uh, you know, and I'm not sure I'm not sure he would fit in an F1 car either. He's a bigger guy. Um, he's not overweight. He's tall. Uh, but anyway, he um, he would be great to see in an F1 car. But practically speaking, I don't think either one of those two would make it. However, it definitely definitely good suggestions. Both good drivers. And, uh, uh, you know, to the Facebook page, uh, you guys, uh, you know, had a lot of great comments there. I, I don't want to go over them all because, uh, frankly, I'm, I'm struggling to get through this as it is. And going through this would probably just make my head spin. But, uh, you know, uh, want to give a quick shout out to James Payne. Uh, congratulations for your boy. I'm glad you guys are happy. In fact, we had a lot of, um, lot of our, our Aussie fans um Happy for uh, Weber, which is uh, you know I'm I'm completely with you there, and uh, so uh, with that we will move on to trivia, 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 trivia. Okay, so trivia. Last week I had uh, I thought a pretty good question. The question was, who holds the record for the most pole positions in a single season? And what season was it, and how many poles did he get? And that, Yes, that was a hint. It was, in fact, a he. And we had a few guesses on that, and we actually had a few correct answers. And the correct answer was Nigel Mansell. Yes, Nigel Mansell did it in 1992 with 14 poles in a single season. 
and he was driving for, excuse me, Williams Renault at the time, and he also did win the championship that that, that year. Uh, interesting enough, the next year uh, he left Formula One and went on to race in the kart series uh, over here in the states, and he won uh, the championship in '93. Uh, in the car, the won the car championship uh, for the Newman Haas racing team in 1993. So, for those who got that right, yes, absolutely, who have won a Coke, please go down to your nearest Coke selling store and pick that up for a small fee. Congratulations. Okay, now on to the new question. Now, this is uh, perhaps a bit obvious, but we have to do it. Mark Weber won the uh, German Grand Prix. It's his first win. In, uh, in 130 starts, and the first win for an Australian in quite a long time. So that begs the question, who was the last Australian to win a Grand Prix? So we've had you know several Australians race in, the, uh, in, U- in F1 uh, in its you know, almost 60-year history, but uh, we want to know the last one that actually won a Grand Prix. That's going to come up next show. So, good luck with that. And for now, we are going to move on to prediction. Okay, so for predictions, Jim isn't here to uh, reap the rewards of actually correctly picking uh, Mark Weber to win. But congratulations to Jim. I am a man of my word. I will get him a Coke. Um, he was not right about Vettel on pole, and he certainly wasn't right about Fisichella in 13th. But uh, that is okay. Uh, he, he got the race winner correct. That's what really matters. We, uh, we had several predictions from uh, everyone out there. And uh, for those who got Weber correct, congratulations. Um, I wasn't quite as good with the predictions. Um but since I'm the only one here, we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to move on. Now, uh, the next race is in Budapest. It's the Hungarian Grand Prix. It's in two weeks' time. And once again, Jim is not here. So I'm going to take it upon myself to predict for him. Now, uh, so let's see here. I'm going to write this down as we're going. I think for pole, I'm not Jim Lau, but if I were Jim Lau, who would I put on pole for the Hungarian Grand Prix? Who would it be? I think it would be... Kaz Nakajima. All right, good choice. Good choice for Jim. And who's going to win this race? Who's going to win the Hungarian Grand Prix? Let's think about this. Who's hungry? And who is Jim, thinking about it intellectually, going to pick? And I'm going to say Nelson Piquet. Yes, that makes sense. Those are those are interesting predictions for Jim. Uh, that's my best guess of what he would guess. And then for 13th place, who would Jim put in 13th place? If if, if I were Jim Lau and I was thinking about Hungarian Grand Prix, who would I put in 13th place? Um, yeah, yeah, Mark Weber. Yes, that that makes sense. So Jim, uh, surprising everyone here, is going to go for Kaz Nakajima on pole, Nelson Piquet to win in the Renault, and Mark Weber in 13th. Interesting choices, Jim, but I think I am going to go a slightly different route than you. Uh, I do think that the Braun cars are going to be more competitive uh, in Hungary, and I, and I 
do think that uh, with Lewis Hamilton being as hungry as he is, as good of a driver as he is, uh, with a revised McLaren car, I think he's going to start uh, playing a role. I am going to put Sebastian Vettel on pole. I don't think Vettel is going to have any interest in uh, letting Mark Webber run away with this. However, I'm putting Jensen Button to win the race. And the reason I'm doing that is is I think it's bound to be warmer there. I think Jensen's going to be very keen to get back on his game. I think that's going to make him hungry, and I'm going to put him on the win. I, I hope... I hope that it's a close race, but I, I actually am rooting for Jensen. I, I think this is his year, and I think he deserves it. We'll see. And for 13th place, I'm going to put Nelson Piquet. That'll be an interesting thing. Who gets closer with Nelson Piquet, me or uh, uh, Mr. Lau there? And I think the best bet that uh, uh, Nelson Piquet can hope for is getting a performance box because the F1 show is supported by the performance box. A GPS-based lap timer, performance meter, and data log are perfect for any car not to use at track days, autocrosses, or to simply see what your car can do. Shipping worldwide from VBOX USA. For more info and the online store, go to performancedrift.com. And I'd also like to take the, a moment to tell you to visit our show uh, visit our website at uh, f1show.com to uh, leave any leave us an email uh, at feedback at f1show.com or just go to the website, leave us a comment. You can also go to our Facebook page. That is, uh, I think it's f1show.com. If you go to the Facebook page and search for F1 Show, that's where our Facebook page is. And uh, I believe that is it. I have struggled <laughs> to get through this. This is very difficult without uh, my partner in crime here. Uh, I do thank you all for your patience in dealing with me. Uh, I, I'm, I, I know that this isn't the same show as normal. I promise you that we're going to be back to our, uh, our, our winning formula uh, for the next podcast. But um, uh, definitely wanted to get this out to you, at least get the information out to you. Uh, at least let you know, you know, what we're thinking about a little bit here at the F1 show. But Jim and I will be back for the next podcast, and uh, we will see you then. So see ya. Mm-hmm.